0: Hi, welcome to the new episode of Sports Sports is the greatest teacher and the sports field is the greatest classroom. Sports makes us aspire, inspire and motivate in our journey. And hence, let's aim sport. Today we have with us former India badminton player who was India's national champion for record equaling nine times when she won all the senior national championship between 1997 to 2006. Today, we have with us India international silver medalist at the World Junior in 96, Asian athlete, two-time Olympian, four-time podium finisher at across three different Commonwealth, Arjuna Awardi, Aparna Popat. Thank you for liking, thank you for watching and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on our channel, Says and help us spread the word. We go with the same handle Sportsy says across all the social media platform. Do subscribe on Sportsy says. Hi, Aparna. Great to have you on Sportsy, uh, where we just talk about sports and we love to talk about multiple stories behind the amazing athletes like you, who has a lot to share with so many people who are aspiring about sports. They are, in, they are in, get inspired by people like you and uh, something like that keeps them motivated. And uh, for that, really thank you for uh, your time to be uh, with us on this platform.
1: My pleasure. I'm really happy to be here.
0: We have Aparna Popat, we have uh, Arjuna awardee nine times uh, national champion, four different medals across three different uh, Commonwealth, two time Olympian and yeah, the list goes on. Uh, it's so great to have you here Aparna and uh, just starting shooting my first question to you uh, is, as Aparna uh, was growing up, what was, what you aspired to become or and Uh, who was your inspiration and what motivated you you to be a better version of yourself every day so just want to have the story of uh in growing up days
1: um i think what motivated me to be a better version was really i think as long as i can remember i always liked to do things properly and i liked it when things were were done in a nice manner and they looked good and you know they were perfect and and I sort of carried that into whatever I did. So whether it was doing project work at school, or whether it was, you know, learning a headstand, or you know, trying to make a picture somewhere, or in in anything that I did, basically. And I think that sort of continued because when even when there was the slightest problem, like a smudge, something somewhere, it, it would trouble me. It would actually bother me. And okay. um, and 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 that's where. You know, I just wanted to make it better and I said okay I've, and I was never very hard on myself so it's never that I was blaming myself but at the same time from the bottom of my heart I wanted to be better for and everything not, so I said if the smudge happened today easy on I won't like let that. it happen um, I was strict with myself but I was not cruel to myself and I wasn't unrealistic and said you know mistakes can never happen and you know we get depressed or get angry or nothing of the sort it was just a very quick learning and I said okay if I made a mistake now be mindful not to do it again and just this very small thing I sort of carried on um, you know when I started playing badminton as well to say that you know if I hit 10 shots in the court today and I made five mistakes next will be you know 12 shots in and then three mistakes and let's let's get better you know (laughs) one shot by shot and uh, that that's how I really looked at it and um, I think as far as an inspiration is concerned i remember watching the asian games uh, on television when mm-hmm. i was uh, i must have been like 4 years old then oh wow and uh, seeing seeing top class athletes perform i think is like perfection for me or at least at that point it was just beauty you know it was just beautiful to my eyes yeah. and i said That's okay music. i want to be like that i want i want to play like that and i want to look like that and Um, and slowly, slowly, you know, that's how sports started for me. So if I was, you know, running a race, I would go at the start block and I would imitate them. And if it was gymnastics, then I would, you know, see how they're cartwheeling and pointing their toes and, you know, those things that you sort of notice if it was table tennis, you know, how they are holding the racket and spinning the ball. Um, again, as you would have realized, I didn't speak about badminton at all, because it was not on my radar. Mm-hmm. I played all other sports except badminton, uh, cricket predominantly mm-hmm. in my building compound where I was the only girl on an all boys team. So that's how it really started, you know, just bit by bit. But it was the attitude, I think it was the attitude.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I've I, personally seen that attitude on the court, uh, like people have seen it on the television and everything. I've seen it on the court, uh, even you probably you are what, uh, you were 13, 14 years old, uh, you're it was a perfect, I think you spoke about it. The motivation was being perfect about what you want to do and uh, that's the whole journey and inspiration. But did you aspire to be a badminton player ever or it was uh, just you You were just enjoying the sport as a journey?
1: So, um, it actually started by me being a pest in the house when my mom said, you know, get out of the house because now you're troubling everyone in the family. So, she took me to the club. And she said, "What do you want to do?" So I said, "It was summertime when summer camps yeah. are on in, in clubs." And yeah. we went to the tennis court. And the tennis court said, "Well, we don't have any news of the camp yet." So I was really disappointed because Steffi Graf was somebody who I love to watch and you know emulate yeah. and Wimbledon and you know all that. Yeah. So uh, I was really disappointed. I said, "You know, I wish I could have played tennis." And while on our way out and un- you know my mom said let's just go to the badminton court so I walked in and um, I said coaching so they said yeah we have a coaching going on so I said fantastic and my mom ran into a friend of hers and who said coaching goes on here but there's this coach who's playing on the last court his name is Anil Pradhan Pradhan, Um, he doesn't coach too many people but uh, try your luck I mean if he coaches your daughter nothing like it so my mom and we were not from a sporting family at all okay so my mom had no clue you know who is who nothing so you know uncle, i called him uncle fondly because you know later so he came off the court and uh, my mom spoke to him and he said okay um, bring your daughter to sachiwala Gymkhana tomorrow and if she's good i'll coach her if she's not good we have a camp running she can join the camp so my mom said very good next morning we go And uh, he makes me do some basic exercises, jumping jacks, this, that, and the other, Um, run front, run back, all that. And he told my mom that, uh, you know, she's very good. Uh, Get her a basic pair of shoes, a basic racket. You don't want to pay me, don't pay me. I don't care. But from tomorrow, send your daughter for badminton every day. And I personally will coach her. Nobody else will coach her. And my mom was like, wow, this is like <laughs> amazing because first the daughter's out of my hair. Secondly, you know, this coach is willing to take all responsibility of, of this child yeah. and that too free. So it was, you know, worked really well because I mean, we came from a middle-class family. So it wasn't that, not that we knew how much badminton costed because yeah. I mean, with the shuttle, it's an expensive sport, but it was fun. So I started going and, uh, then I, I trained with anil uncle for eight years and yeah. we used to play 365 days a year and not a single day have i got bored so i think that's how it really began by accident yeah, there were there were no plans yet yeah, to go anywhere it was just to play
0: <laughs> Excellent. and uh, i had privilege to meet him once uh, long back long back again uh, but yeah and uh, I, I whenever uh, that this topic comes up i i, I read online that uh, he said, "Send me your daughter, and I'll I'll put her into the India's map, a uh, badminton yeah,
1: map." I, it's true. You know, it's in. I'm telling you, in that one meeting of that running forward, backward, and jumping jacks, he actually. I mean, it's it's odd because I have to speak about myself, but it just it's awkward.
0: But you, you have earned actually,
1: it. He actually <laughs> told my mom. He said he said I will make her like the P.T. Usha in badminton, and she will represent India. He's saying, and I will settle for nothing less. And I mean, today when I think back, I mean, you don't have the guts to make a claim like that on day one, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was it was quite spectacular. And I just feel blessed. You know, I was at the right place at the right time with the right person. Exactly.
0: exactly. And
1: I, I think that's and, just.
0: And rest is the history, as they say.
1: Yeah, it was just my good fortune. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so uh, you, you're talking about badminton in. Uh, Late 80s, early 90s, and uh, those times again, it was not a known sport except uh, uh, Prakash Padukon getting the uh, having all the accolades that India ever got. Uh, so, was it uh, when when you picked up badminton and you said, okay, I want to make it into a, a career? What was the reaction from the family? And how, because you, as you said, you couldn't come from the sporting background. Uh, but so, what was the reaction when they said, no, I want to make badminton as my career?
1: Uh, You know, honestly, I don't think we ever thought of making badminton in my career. It just happened. So every, everything has just been so smooth, right? One thing's moved to another. I started playing under Anlankal. The meeting that I mentioned about happened yeah. in 86. I didn't play any tournaments till 89. 89 was my first year on the circuit, which was under 12. And um, the first tournament I played, I won, uh, you know, in, in Mumbai. And then the first district I played, I won. State championship, I won, and the first nationals I played, I won in '89. So it, so I won the first nationals. And when we went for the nationals, we didn't even know what the nationals are. It was a yeah. big party for me. And my would tell me that uh, you know, hit a good toss to the back, and if the opponents at the back hit a good drop at the net, and that's the kind of strategy I went with, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I managed to win. And then the next year, you know, he set another goal. And he said within, you know, this these are the players you want you needed to beat. He would never say this is the tournament you needed to win, but these are the players you needed to beat. Yeah. So that I know that I'm getting better. He would just always yeah. set a goal about beating better players. Um, not really about the results per se of, a, of the tournament in terms of the rounds that you sort of win. And it was just that. So went on and on. And then the Nationals sort of just flowed. And before I knew yeah. it, um you know i was 16 years old i'd won you know all the nationals up till then and um, then it was time for me to move on and then i left bombay and shifted to bangalore, bangalore yeah. so, and and i guess there was never talk in the house about making it a career <laughs> it was just that my mom i think and any parent right if they see your child being happy somewhere yeah. then they just encourage you and push you to do that and yeah, i yeah
0: correct and we get to see that nowadays a lot but i'm sure that still in those days it's like okay making uh, talking about it and playing it like it was a different thing still
1: yeah i, I mean when you're winning no then there's less thinking to do yeah correct in, in that sense you know very honestly but um, i was also very good at my studies mm-hmm. so i um, wanted to be an architect i always wanted oh. to be an architect um so i thought that that's where i would go to but then badminton happened and then one thing led to another and uh, when i was in the ninth standard actually i represented india at the world junior championships right. you know at the age of 14. so by then it was pretty you know straightforward to say that i would be looking at international badminton um, you know in that sense and then you know badminton was introduced in the olympics right. in 92. so you knew then it had become an olympic sport by then so there, it, there was always something more to you know go towards yeah yeah, and aim towards so that's just how it happened yeah no career yeah and
0: and when you say okay 92 just badminton was introduced and then after that you went on to play two two olympics so (laughs) (laughs) that is you may sound so simple but yeah it is is what it is
1: no because i don't think you know honestly i don't think i've trained a day in my life to say that i want to be an olympian or you know, it it was probably subconsciously, yes. But it was never so obvious to say that, um, that is my aim. Like if somebody came and asked me what your aim, I would always say I want to be better. It was never that I want to be an Olympian, you know, so uh, even, you know, at that time, also, you know, being at the Olympics was a very different story. We didn't know how world rankings really, in effect, worked. And it was a very different time. I mean, not not to say that you know we were we were naive in in a lot of ways because Correct, yeah. there was not that yeah, ex- much exposure. No exposure
0: yeah exposure was the biggest thing than anything yeah. else i think yeah uh, yeah but, so but as as you say you made it sound so simple that everything just happened and uh, you're the chosen one but yeah there were still a lot of things that you have to go through as uh, the sacrifices that you go through or the families go through the compromises you make uh, and uh, a better athlete always we talk about it right in, in today's world as well right you have a lot of exposure you have a lot of availability a lot of uh, infrastructure and uh, tournaments and everything but probably sometimes somewhere we see people are not crossing that line about uh, giving extra from your side and the sacrifice that you have to make you want to do everything at the comfort of your own house so what were those days which actually I know times have changed and you can't relate those things to the current days, but still uh, the sacrifice of sacrifices that as a kid, uh, as a 13, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, uh, sacrifice is still the same. So what were those? Yeah.
1: So I, okay. So it takes a huge support system to raise a champion. Um, And it takes a very strong family background to raise a sporting child let alone i'm not even talking about a champion i'm just saying a sporting child it's a very different lifestyle that you lead and um, i think in my case uh, when i look at it um, i think my father of course had to work extra hard as i said you know finances weren't free flowing for us ever but uh, you know he made it he made us feel that all was okay and we were comfortable um, my mother was working but she quit her job because she had to travel with me for tournaments. Um, my sister obviously stayed alone most of the time because my mom was traveling with me. So she and dad would be on, you know, on her, on their own. And so they, everybody sacrificed. So mm-hmm. one point being, it's not only my sacrifice. But um, I think as, as a child, I've always had this sense at the back of my mind that people are doing things for me and uh, if people believe in me then i need to reciprocate and the only way i can reciprocate is by effort because i can't guarantee results but i can guarantee effort so um that is somewhere where i feel i never lacked um the effort from my side was 100 percent. and when you speak of sacrifices i think i just see it a little differently um it's not a sacrifice it's a choice and the day you feel it's a sacrifice then you're not totally into what you're doing Very because because if you choose to go for practice as opposed to go to a movie then it's, it's a choice and you don't regret it if you choose not to eat desserts after every meal um, it's okay it's a choice sorry boss you're not sacrificing that dessert so don't you know don't tell me uh, you know that you are and if you're pitying yourself mm-hmm. then you're never going to get anywhere oh poor me you know so that's never gonna get you anywhere and and if you're in pain so be it that's what you've chosen um learn to enjoy it and and get on with it so yeah so no sacrifices yeah nothing
0: excellent and again that that's what exactly what i think and uh, whenever i talk to my kids and who are into the sports and we talk about exact the same thing, but coming from you, it it makes an impact. It's not a sacrifice, a choice that you make and live with it. Try to enjoy every moment that you have and be better version uh, with the process. I think enjoy yeah. the process than the, the thinking about what you have missed out and what you have not missed out. Right? Like it's just, no, it's uh... it's
1: look. Certain times, as I said, right, you can't really be strict with yourself and say be happy all the time with what right. there are. Certain days you will feel like. Oh, you know, why didn't I could have? It's it's, it's okay. That's fine. Just go through it. You know, so just live through those days. But majority of the days, you better do what you what you've chosen to do and what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. And I I think, uh, yes, I think, Aparna, with that, uh, I just want to, since you said there are no sacrifices, it was choices and the choices that you made uh, led to a wonderful phase uh, in in your life from 96 to 2006. as an outsider, it looked very attractive uh, and uh, yes, being a badminton player myself, uh, uh, it's it's like, oh, wow, this is what they're achieving. And this is winning nine national titles, two Olympic participation, the Asian game, uh, winning uh, three Commonwealth games, uh, like across three Commonwealth, winning, uh, being on the podium four times. Uh, there were ups and downs for sure, but uh, you had amazing graph in those 10, uh, 10 years. But what happens... Uh, during that phase, as an athlete, I think if uh, we, you can share that, how do you handle the highs? At the same time, how do you cope up with the lows? And how important is mental conditioning or mental toughness in the whole pro, in the whole series as an athlete?
1: Um, see, I think, you know, 10 years is a long time. And okay. when, when you're in it, you don't realize it. But now when I think back and, you know, I say to win nine national championships in a row, yeah. Um, and which was equaling, uh, you know, Prakash Padukone's national record, like he was my coach, yeah. and he was my yeah. he's my mentor and idol. So to, to get to that is is huge. And not from the point of view of how good you're playing, but even from a very simple thing to say that every time you go into a nationals, like for nine years, you've been in your best form, yeah. or you've possibly tried to be and you've been fit and you've been there, yeah. you know, when it counts, you know, you, you've performed at your best. Um, so just from that point of view um, there were many different situations let me put it that way like each Mm -hmm. nationals has been special and different um, and at each nationals you've got to do different things and you've got to expect different things from yourself and rather command different things of yourself and that's where mental strength comes in Um, one is free the tournament because you've got to be aware to anticipate you know what kind of practice you have to do or how you want to you know prepare and I'm a big fan of preparation like I believe in preparation I think that solves majority of your problems um, so if you can get that right then you know there's a large chance that you will achieve success um, so the mental strength required to prepare is very important Um, people just think mental strength is required when you're actually playing the tournament but a lot of it comes before yeah and then when you're playing the tournament it's all about um, actually having the strength to as i said the commands that you give yourself you have to do this now you know or switch now or change strategy now or you know ignore the pain now you know things like that or you know think quick you know you're down love nine in, in 11 points match think quick you know what you what you're gonna do and you know finding that zone or you know whatever it is and that's when mental strength really matters um if you can and, and it doesn't come in a tournament it comes from practice if you practice it it'll come in a match if you don't practice it it won't come that's for sure so um, yeah mental strength extremely important highs harder to handle than lows um, they they sort of okay. make you feel you're, you're invincible at certain times. And I remember when I came back from the World Junior Championships after winning a silver. Yeah. That was India's first medal at the World Juniors. And uh, there was this huge, uh, you know, I was at the Prakash Padukone Academy at that point in time. So the bus had come to the airport to receive, you know, me and yeah. it was a big thing. At that point, like I never thought it was so big till I came back to India and interviews and in any way anyway. so there were senior ranking tournaments to follow you know in the next couple of weeks or three weeks and that to get back to practice very soon mm. the first day my first session on court um, I was playing doubles and I was trying trick shots and I was fooling around and uh, I got called off court literally and said that you're not serious uh, you don't want to play stop you know messing around if this is how you want to play then sit out and oh,
0: wow first
1: session can you imagine <laughs> when your press is waiting outside to interview you and inside this is you know the but I had that happened because happened. Um, yeah. exactly because I I I mean that's something I hold very close to my heart and I say you know when it's enjoy it enjoy the success I won't say again you know be very serious and forget about it no you earned it enjoy it yeah. but um not on the Batman court when you're yeah. playing just play when you're practicing practice and then when you come out you can no sort yeah. of but um, yeah so success that way failures uh, again very important that you have people around you that can help you mm. because it's not always easy to handle it on your own but people you trust people who can give you the right advice the right mentors and positive people um, and you know i keep coming to this point but accept that you can fail and you will yeah. fail Yes. At, at certain times you know even even though I've won nine national titles in a row and I've done all that you know with you know and I have failed many times and and that's fine and that's fine as long as you learn and move on that's okay
0: wow I think it's a, such a such a subtle but good message that, that, that I, I'm sure the, neg- the generation needs to remember like when I say every athlete who is making a career, or wants to make a career is so important uh, that they have they have to accept that okay, it's okay to fail but learn from it and move on. Um, yeah. So, Aparna, uh, uh, I think uh, this we spoke about amazing highs uh, till two thousand six, and then the, there was a phase of injuries, uh, which uh, which led to uh, you retiring and uh, uh, other things happen. How does an athlete? cope up with these which is you don't want you you never want it to happen but you know it's going to be part and parcel of your uh, active professional life so how did you cope up with that and what is the message that you can give to the athletes who are actually uh, facing this uh, challenge
1: Um, so you know with this question first let me say that luckily for me touchwood I wasn't Uh, injured for a lot part of my career like I didn't have many injuries I had a severe injury only in the fag end um, of my career and because of which I actually you know retired but um, I think when injuries happen you just need to take it as a pause because Mm -hmm. it is something that I mean it was inevitable or maybe it wasn't if it wasn't then there's something that you could have done so, you know, if you've overtrained or, you know, technique is wrong or, you know, whatever, it was an accident or whatever it may be, um, you know, ensure that it doesn't happen again. But right. now that it has happened, um, I think the best way first is to respect your body, treat it well. If, mm. if the physio or the doctor says that this is what you have to do, then just do it um, mm. and do it 100%. The commitment to your recovery uh, should be 100%. And uh, I think then your focus should shift to that and not really shift, you know, or stay on what you're missing because mm-hmm. that's something you can't control. You know, like... you, you're you missing your practice time. Yeah, you are, but that's something you can't control. But what you can control is really the effort you put into your recovery mm-hmm. and uh, which is physical as well as mental. I think there are a lot of sports psychologists now who can help you through this phase, um, you know, even though you're not actually playing, but to actually stay through into you know into the zone or into you know your focus through meditation or through visualization or things like that and of course sports science today gets you back into action much faster than it would when I was playing so that is something that you can look at and it's also to for me I would look at it as a time to learn other things Um, you know if, if it means reading if it means knowledge enhancement, if it means exploring, if it means whatever hobby you want to pursue. Yeah. Pick up music, pick up art. Just keep yourself and your mind engaged. Um, and don't look at what's missed out, but rather look at what you can do. Um, so that's, I think, uh, how I'd look at injuries. And uh, an injury pause, it's, an, it's a pause yeah, you it's can a pause. get back. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. it's not a full stop, it's a comma uh, or, or yeah. a semicolon that you, have to, uh, you can get back from this. I think uh, behind, uh, y- so now uh, with the exposure, we talk about the power of visualization, meditation all but while growing up at that particular age, uh, were you really believer of that when it was happening? When you look back, yes, I think those things do help and the new generation have access to that or exposure to that. But I I, I don't know, I personally had no no clue what visualization was or what meditation was when I was 18, 20, 24, 25. Uh, but did you have anything which really helped you? As, as an athlete to come out of it. Other than the hobbies. Hobbies, yes. I think we had the hobbies during growing up. But yeah. that particular thing about calming yourself down. Uh,
1: so, I would say that a lot of the my concentration came to me naturally. Because mm-hmm. as a child, yeah. I was very, very focused. And it just happened. I don't think I did anything special. But uh, when I was at the Prakash Padukone Academy, so they say me I must have been about 16, 17 years old yeah. then. Uh, when uh, Mr. BP Balm had visited um, the academy mm. uh, for a very short period of time, where he did speak about uh, meditation and sports oh, okay. psychology, um, but it was at a very nascent stage. So, mm. in in a way, he, uh, you know, was experimenting on us badminton-wise. <laughs> of course, he had a lot of experience with other sports, okay. but I think this was his first foray into badminton. So. Mm. Um, he did, yes, come and you know speak to us about visualization and you know a bit of meditation and oh, nice. some breathing techniques and stuff. Um, but the real meditation that I saw was, uh, you know, when I was at the academy when Prakash Padukone used to play, mm-hmm. I used to watch him like a hawk. Oh. For me, like if I finished my practice session, I would stay back till he was feeding the, the seniors because I was a junior then. Right and my eyes would just be glued on you know how he's playing what he's doing how he's doing like everything you know um yeah. and just as he used to receive the shuttle like in doubles mm-hmm. and you just see the way he's looking at the shuttle for me that's meditation yeah. for, for me that focus is the focus that you know a player need needs to have um and we're talking of my ITER, right where, yeah. where sports yeah. psychology and meditation are just coming in so exactly. that many years earlier when he would have won the All England exactly. it, it you know he would have done that and yeah. for me if that can be achieved now nah, um, I think lot a lot of uh, things can be won on that yeah. count and and about calming yourself down it's very individual I think each one needs to find their own way or own space of how to calm yourself down because um, the heart's gonna beat fast. There's no question about it. You know, whether it's your first year on circuit or your last year on circuit, it doesn't matter. Um, What level you're playing, it doesn't matter. Butterflies in the stomach are going to happen. So just experiment, find your own way, you know, read up today, of course, a lot of access to different, you know, Mm. things that you can Find out or explore, but find your own way.
0: Nice. I think it's so nice and I think perfect message for the youngsters and anybody who is uh, wants to pursue. And, the, and it goes beyond sports. It goes to every individual, in even the professional life and the corporate life everywhere. This actually message is very important. Uh, so my my coming to my last segment, just last two questions, I'll not take, uh, I know I can go on and on it's when, it's, when it comes to badminton. Uh, but... Uh, you had a satisfying career and uh, it was an amazing career that you had. And now you are a pandeer and a commentator and a lot of things are happening. What is that one thing that you feel that, uh, could have happened differently to you and would have changed something for you? Is there anything that you have?
1: Yeah. A list of hundred things. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just joking. I think, uh, you know, if you, if you try to fit today's scenario into mm-hmm. my scenario, yeah, there are a lot of things that could have been different, like tons of them. Um, with back then, with what I had, you know, I achieved a world high ranking of 16. Yeah. Uh, could I have been in the top 10? Probably yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but having said that, from I feel, uh, from what we had back then, I did, I really did the best I could, and that's that's what makes me satisfied, and that's what makes me happy, and I have a very positive sort of experience of my career and my mm-hmm. game so no regrets uh, in those terms but yeah. if there's again you know as i said you want to be better um yeah. if i go back in time i just wish i had a little more self-belief um and and took a little more risk um yeah. in in my career to say like i don't get a hang about you know what going on i want to do this and i and i'm gonna go forth and i'm gonna do this and I. You know, believe I can. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a bit of that attitude, a mm-hmm. uh, little more. But um, yeah, it's again as I said, it's still very much the same thing. You want to be better, but it's gone. Yes, but yeah, I'm very happy with with my career. Absolutely no regrets.
0: Yeah, so as they say, right? Every every life has a story, and only few make it into a 70-minute movie. And you got to make it made it into a, a a movie that is uh, that itself is so satisfying and. Uh, Looking back, I think it's it's phenomenal. So, Aapada, uh, uh, my last question to you, what's your message to the... Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to separate the women and or girls and everything, but what's your message to the budding athletes who are... Ex, uh, who wants to be into sports, but uh, they don't know probably what needs to be done and how do they get disciplined to their own life and everything? So, what is your uh, short and sweet message to all those budding uh, uh, athletes?
1: Um i think first and i just
0: want to i just want to add one more thing and the parents
1: yeah uh the parents just have to listen to the children in in (laughs) terms of not listen to what they're saying but listen to how they're feeling um i think if the child is happy you know and loves the sport just let the child play um and for the children i think or for anyone who's playing that you have to enjoy working hard if you want to get better, you have to learn to put in that hard work, and hard work with a smile on your face, yes. or or at least be happy about it. It's not easy, but but yeah, I, I enjoy your hard work, uh, enjoy the sport, and um, yeah, just keep playing. And and for parents again, just please make sure the child is happy when they're playing the sport. That's what counts.
0: Wow. Excellent. And that is such a nice note to leave on. It's uh, for the parents, let the kids be kids, let them enjoy and just support them as in the process. And for the kids, I think, as you said earlier in the interview, like you, that's your choice and just enjoy the choice that you have made. I think that is so true. So, But, Afana, work, thank hard. You.
1: but work hard. Don't just be happy not working hard. Just <laughs> yes, ensure yes. that you work hard. Yeah. and
0: and and also focus on your education don't leave uh, the don't sure. leave that thing aside uh, sure. so yeah, excellent and wonderful talking to you and thank you for being on the sportsy where we just talk about sports and uh go on and on talking about it with wonderful people like you. thank you
1: thank you so much
0: thank you for liking thank you for watching and thank you for sharing but Please do subscribe on our channel Sportsy Says and help us spread the word. We go with the same handle Sportsy Says across all the social media platforms. Do subscribe on Sportsy Says.